Well, good morning and welcome to Better Life Church, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in right here, what God is doing in our area, in our region. I am really excited about this new series called No Ordinary Family. Uh, June is usually the, the month that we kind of designate that we're going to do family uh, uh, like messages. We're going to talk about the family. School's usually been out. School, school has been out. Family's going on vacation. They spend time together. Of course, you've been spending some time lately with your family. You've probably learned a lot even more about your family. We've had husbands and wives talk about for the very first time that they spend a lot of time together and they talk through things, which is great. You better to spend time at home with some of your kids, which is great because you've usually been working. So now some of this we're going to talk about this month. Hopefully over the last few weeks, you've kind of been living that out. You've kind of experienced it. And uh, for some of us, maybe uh, you, this is going to be new for you. Uh, this is the first time you've kind of been around your family, or you have a new family, or you're expecting a family, and you're trying to figure all this out. So no matter where you find yourself uh, in this series, I really believe God's going to use it to speak into your life. Maybe like, man, I'm single. I'm a single dude. I'm a single girl, and I don't even have a family like that yet. And how does that apply to me? Trust me, you want to make sure that you tune into this series, and you want to be part of it, because I'm telling you, we're going to talk about how to have a not an ordinary, right? No ordinary family. How do, how do we be different? How do we raise our children different? How do we have a marriage that's different? How do we as fathers lead as Father's Day is coming up differently? So that's just a little bit what's to come. You don't want to miss it. Now, I've actually changed some of the message um, uh, sequence of this series. I've kind of bumped this one. This one was going to be next week, but I chose to talk about it this week and a lot of what's happening in our world and in our country today. Now, this has been the craziest year that I personally have just been consciously aware of in my life. I mean, I'm 43 years old and I've never experienced anything like we've experienced this year. I mean, if you think about it, we kicked the year off and there's wildfires all over Australia, uh, earthquakes happening everywhere, and then we have COVID uh, shows up in the mix here. We have the stock market crash. We have the stock market seems to be rebounding right in front of our eyes. We have a stay-at-home order that we can't leave our home or not to leave our home. Uh, we wear masks. People wear masks. You can't go certain places. The economy shut down. People shut down. People laid off. People lose their jobs. I mean, all in a matter of days. I mean, just like that. Crazy. Emotions are high. People are amped. People don't want to be at home. Some want to be at home. People have opinion. Politics, dear goodness. I mean, are you kidding me? We have, I mean, personally, of course, you know, uh, I'm only 43 years old. I haven't lived through a lot, a lot of things. Uh, but personally, this is the most divide I've ever seen of our country in our life. We have the right against the left. We have news media against news media, people against people, families against families, friends against friends, coworkers against fr coworkers. I mean, people have a strong opinion about what's going on. People have a strong conviction about what's going on. And politically, we are divided like we've never seen before, at least personally, that I have never never seen or just been consciously aware of before. I mean, it's so bad. For my family, we decided to get rid of our, our cable TV. We don't have cable TV. We don't have direct TV anymore or anything like that. We limit our, our time online, our social media. Um, unless something pops up in one of our feeds, I really, I'm just trying to you know, catch my attention, then I might dive into a little bit or go to a news place to keep up with it. But I mean, there's so much negativity in the world. There's so much hate in the world. There's so much division in the world. And I'm just sitting here going, man, as a pastor, how do you lead through this? How do you think through this? How do I lead my family through this? I mean, I've never seen anything like this again before in my life. And then on top of that, you know, um, 
We, we, we've seen what's taking place in our country, uh, a, a war back and forth. We have protests back and forth. We have racism. Racism has always been here. It's been brought again back to the forefront uh, that, uh, with, with what's going on and what's happening right in the midst here. We have protests. We have looting. We have cities burning. We have people being shot. I mean, this is like, are you, it's like, are you crazy? What in the world is happening in our world? And I know that if you have just been around a little bit or if you do get some news feed or you see the news or something pops up, you're sitting here scratch your head going, what in the world is going on? And what's happening? What's taking place? How do we change this? How do we fix this? And you know what the crazy thing is? It's just June 1st. It's just the 1st of June. We're not even halfway through this year yet. And we've already seen, honestly, most of our world turned completely upside down. And so, you know, the church obviously needs to talk about these things. The church needs to address these things. But I'm going to talk about really where also, even a step further, where this needs to take place when it comes to these topics, what's happening along and what's going on in our world. And I know what Samuel is saying, how do we fix it? Maybe you're looking to the church, maybe you're looking to the scriptures, maybe you're looking to God, you may be looking to whatever you find your hope in, maybe you're looking to like an analysis, maybe you're looking to politicians, what are you looking to, like how do we fix this? Well, I'm going to be very honest with you, there's a lot of things we just can't fix. There's a lot of things we can't change. And the reason why we can't change it is because it's out of our control. We actually, there's no, we have no power, no control to change some of the things that we see happening in our world. But there are some things we can change. We can change on how we treat people. We can change on how we see people. We can change on how we think about people. In fact, I just preached on this two weeks ago, talking about the Good Samaritan, where you saw someone who were complete enemies. You talk about being racial, man. The Jews and Samaritans, I mean, they were, they were hardcore, hardcore, hardcore against each other. But then Jesus tells a story about, hey, what's how, they, how, how you go and you help someone in need? Doesn't matter what their skin color is. Doesn't matter what their nationality is. Doesn't matter what language they may speak. How do you show love to one another? We just talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Jesus comes in and he loved everyone. He loved them the same. It didn't matter what color your skin was. It didn't matter what nationality. It doesn't matter. At that time, they would call people foreigners. It didn't matter if you were a foreigner. Jesus saw you as someone who God created. And now you fast forward here today. I mean, Pastor Jacob and I, we spent a, 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 a amounts of time, tons of times talking on Wednesday. He was going to preach. He said, listen, a lot of young people are talking about this. A lot of young people are asking questions about racism and what's taking place and, and the protests and the riots in the world. And on top of everything, it's crazy with politics and, and, and government and, and, and the world being shut down and being, you know, staying at home for six weeks and not finishing up school and not graduating like they thought they were their senior year and not finishing up the sports they thought and not going through and, and having problems like they have. Thought. All these questions and chaos and now they're at home and they got all this emotion inside. Man, we need, we need to talk about this. And we spent so much time talking about how do we address young people? How do we speak into the life. Why? Because the social media speaks into the life. They, they have the newscast speaks into the life. They have people who write lyrics and songs speak into the life. How do we speak into young people's lives? And I don't know if you know anything about Pastor Jacob, but we are extremely blessed to have him as our student pastor right here at Better Life Church. And I'm so thankful we have people like him and, and Brandon who speak into our young people's lives. And so what does that look like? How do you, so we talked about, we talked about what are some things, we talked about some things, how, how do we change? But the reality is this, you can't change anyone, but you can change you. Like I can't change you. I may be able to inspire you, I may be able to influence you, but I can't change you. Only you can change you. In fact, even laws can't change the heart. 
If laws can change a person's heart, then Jesus would have had to come. God could have just, you know, gave us some laws. And if we just kept those laws, it would make us right. Laws don't make us right. Laws show us how far, <laughs> honestly, how wretched we really are in our heart. And that's why he sent his son for you and why he sent his son for me. And we spent so much time, Jacob and I, talking about, you know, um, uh, what's going on in the world and how do we talk to our young people because young people are asking questions. They're part of a cause. They want to be part of a cause. They want to see change. But how do they do that? Folks, racism is real. Racism is real. Now, I know you, you know, you may see that. Some of you may be blinded to it. Like, what are you talking about? It's not a big deal. You know, last August, I, was, uh, I got a Facebook message. And I'm going to be very honest with you. It kind of floored me. A lady, a friend that I know uh, in Lexington, she sent a Facebook message. She said, um, I'm reaching out for one of our family members that are close, one of our friends. I said, okay, yeah, what's up? What's great? Said her son is very gifted and, and talented in, in sports, and it looks like he's going to have an opportunity to um, get a scholarship or a play, and I won't say what sport he's going to play, at Morehead State University. I said, man, that's awesome. That's great. Way to go. That'd be great. Anything we could do to help transition. We love when college students come to Moorhead. And if you're watching this and you're thinking about coming to Moorhead or you are a student at Moorhead, listen, we want to be the home away from home. We want to be a home for you, a place where you can come and, and, and be encouraged in your faith and grow in your faith in the Lord. Uh, no matter what background you come from, no matter what nationality you come from, man, we are here to help you in any way possibly that we can. And so I said, yeah, that's not a problem. What, what's going on? She said, he said, well, the problem is is that his dad is black and his mom is white. And they wanted me to reach out to you and ask you, what about the diversity there in Moorhead, Kentucky? And I'm gonna be honest with you. I flip. I, I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, like is that even, like, you're, you're asking the question, like, but to this couple, you know, dad being black and mom being white and their kid coming to Moorhead was a concern. And my heart broke. It literally broke. I said, you mean that's a, what, are, are, are we, do we have that, and I'm going to talk about Moorhead or Eastern Kentucky or just really the world. Do we have that persona? Is that what you think about when you think about coming to Moorhead or Eastern Kentucky or this region? I'll be from Ashland to Grayson, all the way in between. And it literally, honestly, just broke my heart. And I responded back to her. I said, I said, listen, we're, we're the place where we're diverse. We have, we have people in our church. Who, we have black people, married white people. I mean, listen, are you kidding me? This is the family of God. We welcome you. But she wasn't so much asking about the church. She was just really asking about the community. And it started making me think. I said, wow, people's perceptions that way. How do we fix this? How do we change this? Right? I mean, this is not the society that we, we want. This is not how we want our kids to be raised. I mean, think about it. I mean, we're not too far removed, one generation away from finally where a black child and, 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 a, and a white child could actually be in the same class together. I mean, we're not too far removed. I mean, come on, if you think about it, we, in a short span of our history, we're not too far away from this. And so how do we, how do we, how do we fix this? Could you think about maybe East Kentucky or you think about, you know, that area? Maybe some people's like, well, you know, that's just a, you know, predominantly white area and that's just where not black people go and all this stuff. And now, this is not a whole message just on racism. I'm thinking about how do you fix this? Because we know that, that God created us all equal. All of us are equal. I am no better than anybody else because of my skin color. Now, some people would say, well, you're privileged or you're privileged or are they privileged or that nationality is privileged or that group of people are better and that group of people are better. In God's eyes, we are equal. And if you think about it, if you just run down that thought just for a moment, if you just think it through a little bit more, we didn't get to pick our skin color. We didn't get to pick our nationality. We didn't get to pick what country we're born into. We didn't even get to pick our family. 
We didn't even get to pick the area. That was not our choice. God, because he loves us and his sovereignty said, you know what? I'm gonna place you in this generation, in this nation, in this skin color, in this family, because I have a unique, specific purpose. God doesn't say oops. God doesn't make mistakes. God's like, man, if I only, no. And so if you would just take a moment and look at that and realize, oh my goodness, God loves me, has a unique plan for me, no matter what society or someone may say to me or what other people may point their finger to me or whatever may happen, I know that I'm loved by him and I'm equal, equal. There's no greater or better race. We are equal. That's how God designed it. Of course, we know that sins enter the world. And when sin enters the world, it warps. And it warps our mind, our perspective, how we treat people, what we say to people, what we think about people. And honestly, we need to repent. We need to repent because there's no higher class, lower class, better class. Listen, I don't care if you think you ain't, ain't got no class. There's no better. We, we're all created in God's image. And so we need to repent when we have those thoughts of, of, that we're better than somebody else or we're, or we're uh, uh, look better than somebody else so we have more. Listen, th- there's no place in the church for that type of division. And we as a community of faith, and listen, as, as a nation, is to turn and repent. And I know what you're saying, but how do we fix that? How do you fix this? I, I mean, can one person fix this? Can a protest, can a riot, even peacefully? How do, we, how do we fix, and it's not just even racism, and it goes even past that. Our world is completely, completely broken. And I'm gonna be honest with you, the answer for the world is Jesus. Now, I know that's what some people don't wanna hear because a lot of people take Jesus and turn him out of context and push it towards bad things like, like, the, like slavery and things like that and turn it all against it. Now, listen, we need Jesus, a compassion-loving Jesus who has a specific purpose and plan for your life. And you may be sitting there thinking, well, how does this go into our family series? Because I'm gonna be very honest with you. You know where I believe it begins? At home. It starts at home. Yes, the church needs to say something. We've said stuff. We will say stuff. We believe. We wanna take the gospel to, watch this. We've been commissioned to all people group, all nations, all tribes, all tongues. We have been commanded by God to do that. But let me tell you what starts. It starts at home. Well, right there at home. Now, before I jump into this, I want to let you know I really wasn't raised in church. I wasn't anti-church, but as a kid, I wasn't really raised in church. Yes, I went on Easter, went on maybe Christmas. I was also raised in Easter, Kentucky. Predominantly all white people. Let me tell you something about my mom. My mom was raised in inner city, Petersburg, Virginia. Where at the time, even in some of the schools where black kids and white kids had to be separated from certain classes, Raised in where there may be trouble area, not trouble area, inner city, watch out for your life. I mean, all this stuff. My mom was raised right there in the middle of it. And let me tell you something about my mama. I never heard or talked bad about black people or any people. I never heard her use words or, or slangs or terms against them. Now, I, w- I want you to understand this. As a kid, even raised up, even in Eastern Kentucky, I didn't go to a church that says God created all people all equal. We should treat people all equal. I, I didn't go. I wasn't even, I wasn't in church. But I, had, I knew something morally in me, just morally, that we are to treat people no matter what skin color they may have. 
But right across the border there in Belfry, Kentucky is Maitland, West Virginia. I used to live there. And when you cross over the way from Maitland, West Virginia, and right over in Domingo County, I had all kinds of black friends. We would play ball together. we go to dances together. Listen, they come and stay not at my house. I had all the, my friends. And I remember people going, even look at it, but I didn't know no different. Why? Because I had a mama who raised me that cheats me that we love people the same. Because my mom, she knows she was raised in that court. And so listen, and I, I'm not saying, listen, I, I, <laughs> my mom raised me perfect. And my mom, we were, again, we weren't growing up in church at the time. It wasn't like, well, that's just a godly thing to do. That's just a Christian thing to do. No, that's the moral thing. No matter you say you believe in God or don't believe in God, no matter where you find your faith in, listen, it's more like we just treat people the way obviously we want to be treated, but to equally. And so I believe it starts at home. So mom and dad, if we're going to raise up world changers, if we're going to raise up a generation that changed the world, and listen, we didn't get into this overnight. It's not going to be fixed overnight. You can't change the world, but you can change you. And change starts with you. Mom, dad, I'm gonna speak to you. It starts with you. Because who you are and what you say, you will reproduce. Now, I know you're behind closed doors and what you say behind closed doors, what you joke about behind closed doors, at the end of the day, when the beautiful picture of disciple making is a look at parenting, right? Now, we know I have four kids. They're all different. Everyone has a different personality. Some of them scratch my head going, oh my gosh, are you my kid? You know, like, I mean, we come from all different, like they're all different, right? But they are my responsibility to disciple them, to raise them in a way, what to train them in their worldview, what they think about people, how they see people, how I speak about people. And if mom and dad has a whatever it is at home, your kids are gonna follow on that. It's amazing that a lot of times parents talk about the younger generation. They talk about this younger generation, and I'm, just, and I'm not saying this. This younger generation, they're lazy. This younger generation, they don't want to work. This younger generation, want, want a handout. And then parents don't look in the mirror, mirror to realize they had something to do with it because you raised them. Like parenting, listen, is one of the greatest responsibilities. God is the one who set up parenting. God instituted this family, a thing called a family, to place them under you. And listen, mom and dad, before we point fingers, before we start looking, if we want to change the world, one, we must change ourselves, and then we must influence world changers. And I look at every one of my children as a world changer. In fact, I pray over my children before they were born and after they were born, God, would you use them greatly to change the world? Now, they may not be able to change the big, big world, but they can change the world. And they could change their perspective. They could change their mind view. And they obviously hopefully be able to influence their family and their friends to become world changers. So yes, when we look at our broken world, let me tell you where it starts. It starts with you. And then it starts at home. And from our homes, then it spills over into our family of faith and then into our world, one person at a time. So here's what I'm gonna share with you when it comes to our family series. As we talk about parenting, and we talk about raising up children who change the world, we talk about us being world changers, right? We want the next generation, we want them to change, we wanna set the generation up better than the way we found it. How do we do that? How does that happen? How do I create world changers out of my children? Now, I will go on and say this. When you go through the scripture, if you believe in the text, we know, <laughs> we know that it's gonna get worse before it gets better. But that doesn't mean that we sit at home and we sit there and we don't do nothing about it. Yes, I know God is sovereign 
and God is in control, no matter who the president is in the United States, doesn't matter, we know God's in control. No matter what happens in the world, we know God's in control. No matter what tension happens between nations, we know God's in control. We know that, we have to trust that, he's sovereign. But that doesn't mean that we sit back and we don't do nothing. That don't mean we sit back and we're gonna let God just take care of this. No, God has given you breath today so that you could play a responsibility, that you could play a role in the redemption of mankind. And yes, I can't save you. you, I can't even save myself. That's why I needed a savior. So how do I take the grace and mercy that God has given me and saved me and changed me? Then bestow that or influence that or lead my children or lead a community of faith or lead our region to be a world changer. So where does it start? I personally believe that it starts at home. So parents, this is a message for you. Now listen, I have a 16-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 5-year-old. So I have a little range there. I haven't gone out of college yet. You know, I've heard that you do your very best, and hopefully by the age of 40, your kid takes off. You know what I'm saying? That's what I've been told. And you don't stop parenting. Even when they go out of the house, you still don't stop parenting. In college, you're still going to parent. Why? Because they're going to call you, Mom, Dad, I need some dough. I need some money. Hook a brother. Give me some money, right? That's coming. So you don't really stop parenting. In fact, if you still have children, you will always parent at some form or fashion. But I believe if we're going to create world changers, it's not too late. And it starts right there at home with conversations. I've had conversations with my kids. It's like, hey, let's talk about what you're seeing, what's going on in the world. Why? Because mom and dad, you need to have conversations with them. Yes, the church will. Our student pastor will. We will. Definitely the world's going to be speaking into them. Mom, dad, they need to hear from you. It starts right there at home. So if you're taking notes, I just have a few things I want to share with you. How do we create world changers? Well, how did Jesus do it? How did Jesus do it? Now, obviously, I can't turn in the Bible and go to a book in the Bible and said, here's the five things <laughs> that Jesus gives on parenting to raise your kids to be world changers. I don't have that list right here to go over with you. But we can look what Jesus did with his disciples that he saw them as apprentices, as pupils, as students, as children, ones that he loved. How, what did he do to raise them up to change the world? Because I want you to know that. With the power of the Holy Spirit, 11 disciples changed the world. They took the gospel to the ends of the earth of that known time and literally changed the world. Listen, one person at a time, we can change our family. That changes a family tree. That changes a community of faith. That changes, what's this, a school. That changes a city. That changes a country. That changes the world. One person at a time. And I am so naive to believe that it can be done. But it starts with you and it starts with me. So real quick, what are some things I can do to really great, raise up world changers at home. I'm gonna use John chapter 17. If you'll go to the book of John and go to John chapter 17, this is really the Lord's prayer, if I could say it that way. This is where Jesus gets vulnerable and he gets before the Father and it's the longest recorded prayer that we, we have of Jesus. Now we talk about the Lord's prayer, our, our Father who's in heaven, our kingdom come. That's really the disciples prayer. Jesus never said, had to ask God to forgive him of his sins because he never sinned. That was a model prayer. He said, here's how you pray when you pray. But if you wanna see Jesus' prayer, like what he prayed, John 17. And in that prayer, we find nuggets about what Jesus did for the three years while he had the disciples that he called his children, the ones who are gonna change the world. And it's in this, this prayer that I wanna pull out some of these nuggets that we see that Jesus did that I believe that if parents, if we would do this, we could create world changers. 
that changes the world. Now, are we gonna end hate over not? No. Are we gonna end uh, uh, and fix division in our country and politics over not? No. Are we gonna end racism over not? No. But watch this. We could take one swing at it a day, one swing at it a day, and it may be one swing over a generation or one swing over two generations, but eventually that tree will fall and can fall. I believe that, but I believe it starts right here at home. So parents, John 17, what are some things that we could do? In John 17, verse four, it says this, Jesus prayed, I brought glory to you, to the Father, here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Parents, listen to me, you got work. <laughs> In fact, look said, man, I got some work to do. It's work, it takes work being a parent and you never stop being a parent. Jesus said, I took the work you gave me and I'm gonna take it to completion to raise up a generation, to raise up some students, to raise up some apprentices, to raise up some disciples. We just talked about that in our last series to go out and change the world. Parents, we have work to do if we wanna create world changers. Here's the first thing if you're taking notes. Very, very basic, but so profound, it could really change your family tree. Number one, you need to show your children Jesus. You need to show your children Jesus. Mom, dads, look at me, look at me. Are you showing your children Jesus? It's so easy to come home from work, sir, and you're mad and you're angry and you take your mask off and you just let it all out. It's so easy, moms, to come home and slam the cabinets and, and say something about someone at work or talk about someone behind your back and you think your children don't hear you when they do. And they watch our actions. And I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching to myself. And your children watch your action. And the greatest thing, one of the greatest things, I'm gonna talk about probably one of the greatest, one of the greatest things next week. But one of the greatest things you can do, mom, dad, single parent, blended parents, no matter what walk you come from, is to show your children Jesus. How did Jesus respond? This really hit me a long, long time ago. Long time ago. When I talk, thought about my kids, I know my kids are gonna mess up. I know my kids are gonna make mistakes. And I'm gonna get to respond two different ways. I'm gonna go in swinging and I'm gonna go at it hard or I'm gonna go at it and approach it the way God approaches me when I blow it. How God sits down to have a conversation with me when I blow it. How God's mercy is new when I blow it. How God says, I will forgive you over and over and over my grace and my mercy. Not that there's not consequences. There are consequences. But how do you treat your children? How do you see it? Are we showing our kids Jesus? John 17, verse 26, listen to what he says. Jesus says, I have revealed you, Father. I have revealed you, I have showed them you, and I will continue to do so. And parents, listen, one of the greatest things you do is show your children Jesus. You can show your children Jesus in your marriage, in your body language, and how you talk, and your tone, your actions, what you say behind closed doors, because right behind closed doors, they let all the mask off and you just do what you wanna do, be what you wanna be, say what you wanna say, right? But don't forget your children are watching you and you need to let that sink in. If we're gonna create world changers, we have to show them the one that changed the world and his name is Jesus. Do your children see Jesus in you? Now, for some of you right now, you're probably sitting there going, oh my gosh, you know, I, I probably ruined my, I've had parents that I think I've ruined my kid and I'm so mean or I yell and I scream and, and I, I shouldn't do this, I shouldn't do this. Listen, listen, it's never too late, start now. Make a commitment right now. I'm gonna create a world changer that changes the world. And for, if we want the world to see Jesus, it starts at home and it starts with me. I'm gonna show my children Jesus, that maybe they show their friend Jesus, that maybe show our family tree Jesus, that shows the world Jesus and changes the world. It starts at home with you. Here's the second thing. 
Mom, dad, you need to teach your children God's word. Now, hopefully you've been doing that. We have incredible children content. Maybe your child hasn't done it yet today. Maybe they can do it right now after the service is over. You need to teach your children God's word. Now, listen, a lot of parents, you wanna outsource that to the church. I'm gonna outsource my youth to the youth ministry. I'm gonna outsource my children to the children's ministry. You know where God set that ordination up? At home with you. Mom, dad, you're the spiritual leader. Mom, dad, you're the one that teaches them the Bible. Mom, dad, you're the one that shows them Jesus. And it starts at home. Hopefully over the last little bit where you've been quarantined or being with your family, that you've been spent some time and said, let's, let's sit down and teach our children about Jesus. Let's have conversations about Jesus. We do this on Sundays, even after the message. I have to ask my family, what'd you learn this Sunday about Jesus? What'd you learn about in the sermon? What stuck out to you? Tell me how God spoke to you. Why? Because as the shepherd of my family, I want to encourage my children to make sure they're listening to Jesus. Mom, dad, are you teaching them God's word? John 17, verse eight. Look what he says. For I have passed on to them the message you gave me. Now think about that. Father, as you speak to me, I spoke to them. We've got God's message. We've got God's word. God has given us a revelation of himself. Is this the complete revelation? No, God is way more than pages of a book. But what God wanted to reveal to us, we have. And we're to reveal by showing, but also by teaching our children God's word. Here's a third thing. And you probably do this one, but I want to encourage you to be specific with it. Here's the third thing. Never cease praying for your child. Never cease praying for your children. Always constantly be praying for them. Don't take that for granted. When I go lay my kids down at night, I'll lay my hand over and I pray on them. They even be asleep. If I, if I stayed up late that night and I go in there, I may lay down beside them and just pray for them. That God give them sweet dreams, that he'll protect them at night, that God would use them to change the world, that God would show them what their purpose is. I even begin to pray for their spouse. Like I literally pray, even as little as they are, I begin to pray, God, I pray right now, whoever they marry, that right now, that God, that you would raise them in a godly home and you would raise them in a godly church and a Bible-believing church, that someday that when my daughter or my sons cross their spouse's past and they find the one they're gonna marry, I pray that right now that you've already planted seeds in their or hers life that you would raise them to follow you. I pray that now. Not after they get married, not when they finally bring one home and said, I think this might be the one. I'm praying now. Why? Because I want to raise up world changers. I want to raise up people that changes the family tree. I want to raise up people that's going to change the world. And I want you to have that same perspective. Now, you probably pray. Obviously, there's some things that you pray, and it's probably more like this long because I pray it too, that God will keep them safe. God, that you will protect my child and they will grow strong. Listen to what Jesus says in John 17, 15. He says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. Did you see that? Leave that on there just for a moment. He's not taking us out of the world. Folks, this world's broken. This world is wicked. As Christians, this is not my home. It's been dominated by sin. And listen to what Jesus says. I am not taking them out of the world. You can't separate yourself from the world. But then look. What it says, but to keep them safe from the evil one in the world. God has left you in the world, not to look like the world, not to be part of the world, but to be different, to be the light that shines, to be the love that shines. And we need to pray that our children, yes, that are safe. God, keep them safe, but help them grow spiritually and close to you. We need to pray that God will continue to train them in their faith. God, that you would train our child to share their faith. Look at what John 17, 20 says. 
Jesus says, I'm praying for his disciples, for his children. I'm praying not only for these disciples, the 12 that he has, I'm also, please, this is so fascinating. Some of you think, would, would Jesus know me? Would Jesus pray for me? Jesus has prayed for you right here. Look what he says. But I'm also for all the one who will ever believe in me and in their message. You see what Jesus just did 2,000 years ago? Before you were even born, he says, I'm gonna pray right now for the ones who will believe in me and in the message that they share. Folks, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, he's already prayed for you. Let that sink in. And then he says, I pray for the message that you speak. Parents, listen, we need to pray not only that our kids, children come to know Jesus and follow Jesus, but they'll begin to share Jesus at school, on the basketball court, in the locker room, when they go off to college. You know, it's been amazing as a, as a pastor in a, a college town. Uh, I just met some of our great friends up from Michigan. They came in to visit their daughter. He came here and on a scholarship, and, and they were so nervous. But when their kid came to college, and, and the kid came to college, they said, man, we're going to find a church, and I'm, I'm moving all the way away and keeping my kid away, and what are we going to do? And, and they came and visit one Sunday. And they sat down in the church, and they experienced one of our worship experience, and they looked at each other and said, this is our home. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We want to be that home away from home. We want to be a place where you can come and grow in your faith so that you will begin to begin to share the message that God has given you. Let me tell you something else to pray. I want you to pray that your child will experience oneness with their heavenly father, not just with you. At the end of the day, I want to be my kid's hero, but I'm not my kid's hero. I want Jesus to be their hero because their dad will let them down someday. Their dad is make mistakes. Their dad is sinful. But Jesus is perfect. Jesus will never lead them astray. Jesus will give them godly and best advice. No matter what my purpose and plan I think they should do, no matter what my purpose and plan is for life, Jesus will never lead them astray. John 17, verse 21, he says this, I pray that they will all be one just as we are one. God, I pray the disciples you've given me, they'll become one with you, one with each other and one with the Father. Here's the fourth thing, real quick. Pray that God will guard your children and protect them. I know you probably do that all the time. If they go to school or go somewhere or they're traveling, God, guard my child, protect my child. God, guard my child, protect my child. Listen to what Jesus says in John 17, 12. During my time here, here where? On earth, I protected them by the power of your name you gave me and I guarded them. God, would you guard their hearts with the word? Would you guard their minds with the word? How does that happen? You better get your kids around the word. That's why they need to be in student ministry. They need to be in the kids' ministry. They need to be in church. I get that, but they also need to hear it from home, from mom and dad. They need to be immersed in God's word so that his word will protect their heart and protect their mind. Here's a big one, the fifth one. We need to release our children to serve God's purposes. You need to release your child to serve God's purpose. Let me tell you something, mom and dad. You probably have a purpose for your kid's life. You probably have a purpose, but God has a greater purpose and God has a bigger purpose. And one of the hardest things that we're gonna do someday is to let go and let God <laughs> and serve that purpose. Now, my son is 16 and a half years old. It's already broken me. He's not even left the house yet. I don't want him to leave. <laughs> I want him to stay. It's already broken me. I've already cried about it. He's not even left yet. He's just going to be a junior this year. But I know that date's coming. And when I look at him, I wonder, did I do my very best? 
Because parents, you know this, there's going to come a day. You've done everything you can to change that, that child or influence your child to be a world changer. But there's going to come a day that they're going to fly. And they're going to fly on their own. And they're going to make their own decisions. They're going to learn their own way, sometimes the hard way, sometimes the good way. And hopefully, mom and dad, everything you've instilled, everything you've prayed, everything you've done will take root in their heart and they will spread their wings and they will fly. But you know what? I don't know. We just have to wait and see how it goes. Hopefully, I'm doing the very best I can. Let's see how it happens. But sometimes mom and dads, listen, you did everything you can. You did the right thing. You tried your best to raise them the right way. You done everything. And then they go on their own. And they may turn to the left or turn to the right. Mom, you keep the faith. You keep praying. You keep believing. You keep declaring. You keep casting that seed. You keep speaking truth. Because God's word will not return void. And you keep allowing God to wash them and sanctify them in his word and in his truth and to release them to serve God's purpose. John 17, 18 says this, just as you sent me into the world, listen to what Jesus says, I'm sending you. I'm gonna send them into the world. Mom, dad, Jesus sent you into the world, gave you your family. You just can't pick that family, gave you that family for you to train them, encourage them, and rule them in a way that you will send them to fulfill their purpose into the world. And there comes a day, mom, dad, we've got to do that and help them discover it. And here's my last and final point. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we could talk about, right? Mom and dad to raise a world changer, to go against maybe what the world sees, or the, you know, to be different, to show love no matter who you are, to show love and grace and mercy. What does that look like? Here's the last one. Mom, dad, it's a big one. We got to practice what we preach. Oh, is it so easy to preach it? So hard to live it. We've got to practice what we preach. Practice what you preach. And this has been a good, and listen, this is not something that I've just discovered because I'm a pastor of a church. We all have heard about PK, PK kids, right? Like I hear it all the time. Like well, I was a pastor kid. And, and like, so that was a big fear for me. Like, oh my gosh, I hear all these bad stories about pastor kids and pastor kids. Sounds like, I don't want to be, I don't want my child to be one of those statistics. How do I, how do I do that? Well, listen to me. Let me tell you, mom, dad, you better practice what you preach. And I've tried my very best to do that. Do I make mistakes? Absolutely. You know how many times I've go to my kids and say, Dad, sorry, will you forgive me? Dad shouldn't have said that. Dad shouldn't have got upset about that. Dad shouldn't have handled it, that situation. I've even asked my kids, why? Because when you humble yourself and your kids see that, they see that you're trying to extend grace and mercy, but also that you practice what you preach when you ask them to humble themselves. That's why I don't watch some of the things that people watch. Why? Because I practice what I preach. And that's why my kids don't watch what other people want to watch. Why? Because if dad don't watch it, you don't watch it. If dad ain't drinking it, you ain't going to drink it. If dad ain't trying it, you ain't, I'm going to practice what I preach. If I ask you not to do it, trust me, your dad's not going to do it. You're not going to say, well, dad, you, you know, you're an adult. You can do it. No, 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 no. I'm going to practice what I preach. And parents, if we begin to practice what we preach, I believe we can create world changers that may not change the world in my generation, but they may change the world in their generation. That this will be a better place. That this place, there will be a place where people begin to love each other, embrace one another, to show people Jesus. And by the fruit of their lives, one life at a time, one life at a time, 
we could change the world. And one of the things in closing that really has weighed in my heart when we came and started this church 12 years ago is that will this city be any better? Will this region be any better because of the people of God showed this community Jesus? I go a step further and ask young people, students, whether they're middle school or high school students, can you change your whole school? Probably not in one in four years, but can you make an impact? Can you make a difference? Can you influence? Can you inspire? Will your school be a little bit better because of your presence? Because you made a difference. And I want to encourage you, young people, if you missed last Wednesday's message from Pastor Jacob, you need to go and watch it on his YouTube channel because he talks about how you can make a difference and how you can change your perspective. So parents, listen. Ordinary family? No, let's not be an ordinary family. Let's be a family that raises up a generation that literally changes the world. You know your pastor, I always believe, right? The cup is half full. I'm very optimistic. I believe it can start. But let me tell you where it starts. It starts with me. And it starts with you. And then it starts in the home. Raising our family to follow after Jesus. I'm going to ask you well, just to bow your heads. You know, as I'm sitting here on the sofa, like I, I wanted this to be more of a conversation with you because mom, dad, listen, your children will either embrace God's promises or your fears and how you respond. We get to choose that. Let's point them to Jesus. Let's show them Jesus. Maybe you're sitting there and you're like, I'm gonna listen. The enemy's going to lie to you and speak lies into your life, and you're going, I'm a terrible parent. I think I've already worked my kid. I've already, I've already went too far. They've already saw the bad side of me. They already see how dad responds and how mom responds. They always see us fight as a married couple. They always hear us yell at each other. They are, and you go back and forth, all this stuff. Let me tell you, mom and dad, first of all, don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. That's what the devil wants to do. Here's what you do. Married couples, you look at each other and you repent. And then you go to get your children and you repent. And you say, listen, I have been here. I'm practicing what I'm preaching. Dad, sorry. Dad shouldn't respond that way. Dad shouldn't have talked that way. Dad shouldn't have done that. And I want you to forgive me. And it's the greatest thing you can do, mom, dad. And from that moment, here's what I believe, the best is yet to come. You can start over. You can begin to show them Jesus. You can begin to make the changes. They'll watch you for a while. Depends how old your child is. But when they see that mom and dad is for real, when they see that mom and dad practices what they preach, when they see that mom and dad, there's no ordinary family anymore, they've been changed, something's different about this, I'm telling you, it will begin to change their life as well. But before any change can come to the family, before any change can come in your heart, you have to know the one that can change your heart. Laws will not change you. We can write all the laws in the world, but it will never change your heart. You can try to be as good as you want to good, and you can fake all you want to fake, but it won't change your heart. Only Jesus can. And what I'm going to ask you to do right now is just give your life to Jesus. Start over. Mom, dad, start over. Teenager, let's start over. Whoever you are watching this, let's start over. Let's start over. 
by giving your life to Jesus. The Bible says if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. We get to, we get to start over. All of our sins forgiven. Who would neglect that? So right where you sit, would you pray with me to say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And right now, I'm going to repent of my sin. And I'm going to turn to you. Now help me follow you and live for you for the rest of my life. Mom, dad, one of the greatest things you could do is know Jesus and then show them Jesus. Look up me, mom and dad, and raise your head back over here. Life's tough. Parenting's tough. But I want you to know something. We've got your back. We love you here at Better Life Church. We want to help you be the best parents you could be by teaching your kids about Jesus, teaching your young people about Jesus, even our college ministry. If you're watching this, think about coming to Morris State University. We have a college ministry. We're trying to help every college student like, get on the right path and follow Jesus. We want to help you. Don't do this alone. Whether you jump in a group with another family, you get connected with another family, don't do this alone. Parenting's tough. Life is tough. And you need people in your life. Here at Better Life Church, we want to help you. We want to be the bridge and the gap to help you in any way we can. Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy. God, thank you for second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances. God, forgive us where we fall short. Forgive us where we think less of other people. Forget sometimes where we have hate towards people. Forget how we respond to other people where we bring division. God, I pray that you would just forgive us. God, our country needs you now more than ever. Our world needs you. And we just ask for an outpouring of your love, your grace, your mercy, an outpouring of the spirit of renewal and revival that breaks out among churches that in the middle of chaos, we can show people your son, Jesus. For it's in his name that we ask and we pray. And everybody said, amen. Wow, what an amazing message. Um, had some things that stuck out to me. Um, what, what were some of the, the stuff that Pastor Reno preached that stuck out to you, Brandon? Man, whenever he was talking about uh, raising world changers. Yeah. And sh he said, to if you want to raise a world changer, show them the one who changed the world. That was good. And man, that's just something that um, is so important during this time that at the end of the day, that we show people Jesus. We show them the one who changed the world. That was really big for me. That, that was an awesome line. I also liked when he said, uh, what you say and what you do, you reproduce. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's watching. That was that was really good. A lot of really practical stuff um, in there, and I uh, can't wait to hear what other people think about it as well yeah, in the comments. It, it, it was so good, and uh, I actually just wanted to challenge some of you all. Something that really challenged me is I know during this time that uh, there's a lot of things on social media that, like, we even post, um, but if you don't practice what you preach and it's kind of pointless then. Right. So I, I want to challenge you all, like I'm challenging myself to practice what I preach. Yeah. Like it, it's easy to say something and harder to do. And we know that, but we know that that it, it's worth it. So that's something yeah. as well that was so good for me. Yeah. Incredible message. Great way to kick off 
this series. And I can't wait to hear more what's coming next. That's right. And man, I, I just can't wait to continue on in this series. We're going to have uh, some amazing things that are coming your way. And we're actually going to be starting this thing called Family Nights. I don't know about you, but man, whenever I get around my family, y'all know the Sparks family, we are crazy. But we're starting Family Nights. Some of the best memories come from Family Nights. Yeah. And we're actually going to have a Saturday evening service. It's going to be amazing. And we're going to have some things that we're going to send your way for that, some activities, some things to do for your family night. And uh, so if you're interested about that, uh, make sure that you text family to 606-268-9400. Three six text family to that you'll be receiving what you can do as a family spend your day spend your That's night awesome. together but take your pictures tag us and hashtag no ordinary family. That's incredible. Two things are incredible about that. One that we can you know have a, a family game night or whatever and, and watch the message together. The other thing that was incredible was that you remembered that phone number. I, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, man, so excited and I really believe that so many people took some next steps and one of the things that we we love. Is, is to see people take the next step of salvation. And so if you took that next step of salvation, please let us know. Text uh, the word LIFE to the number on the screen. And uh, we want to send some resources your way. We want to connect with you and send some resources that's going to help jumpstart your journey with Jesus. So again, text the word LIFE to the number on the screen. That's right. And whether today was your very first step of salvation, or maybe you've been following Jesus for a while, but you you feel the calling to take your next step. We believe that your journey with Jesus is just a series of next steps, right. one after the other. We always have room to grow and be more like Him. And maybe you're interested in what some of these next steps look like. Go to betterlife.church slash next steps and see what what it's like to really follow after Jesus. Some of the next steps in your life of, yeah. oh my gosh, I, I need to do this yeah. to become more like him. Yeah, if you want to take the next step of giving as well, you want to give to the ministry of Better Life Church, you can do that by going to betterlife.church slash give now. And you can also uh, click on the uh, COVID Compassion uh, there as well, and you can give to that fund as well. That's right. Well, anyways, guys, thank you so much for joining us this Sunday. We had a blast with you here, and we cannot wait to see what God has in store. We'll see you all.